Hey, welcome everyone. Good to see you all here. I'd like to tell you something. When Dre said last week, you're preaching on Sunday. I felt in my mind was a bit like mud. I don't have any inspiration at all. And uh, do you know what I did? I went and prayed. And I, I prayed and I... Then suddenly this thought came into my mind. The presence of God. And I thought, well... Then I heard it was going to be a, a family service. And I thought, ooh. So I rang Kendall. And Kendall told me what she was going to do. And I knew that I had to talk about God's presence. So, and I've just been thinking, and this morning I was thinking about this early in the morning, because I don't know about you, but I wake up and think about all manner of things. I'll tell you about something about that later. And I suddenly thought to myself, when, when Lyndon preached that great sermon, can you remember what he preached about? He preached about the, the three people, you know, he had them sitting up here. Uh, Lazarus, Jesus' friend. Martha, who served Jesus And Mary, who sat at his feet, wanted to be in Jesus' presence. And then, then we had, after that, last week, the beginning of this. And I'm the columns of cornerstone. And I really felt that God was wanting to unwrap for us the things that are really important If we want God to turn us not just into a congregation of people, but into a movement that actually has a great influence on our our town and our area. I I don't, I'm a go for broke person. I really am. And the thing that I want to go for broke for is Jesus. That's me. And I've got lots of faults on the way. And the columns of Cornerstone, they are actually very important. There they are. You've got them all up there because somebody took a photograph. And you've got them, the presence of God. The community which God wants to bring us into a real community when we really love one another. And we really minister to the whole community. He wants us to be authentic and honest. I don't care, and your pastor doesn't care, if you've got problems. Because truth is, if there's 200 people here today, there's 200 people with problems. And I'm one of them. So we want you to be authentic. Because when you're authentic, God can do something with you. And then... There's relationship. And friendships are and friendships are so important when it comes to the presence of God. In the end, you'll discover God is your best friend. And the last one is growing. And I am proud to say that at 77 years of age, God is still growing me as a Christian. I'm still learning new stuff every day about the Lord and I'm still seeing stuff about myself that needs to change I haven't arrived and I want to make this point that it's absolutely essential now 
Our journeys define building people, building communities, and it depends on God being the center of what we do. And here's this passage, and this comes from Exodus chapter 33, verse 13, 14, and 15, if you want to know. This nation is your people, says Moses, and he said, God said, my presence will go with you and I will give you rest. Then Moses told the Lord, if your presence doesn't go with us, don't bring us up from here. And the place that they were going to is what? It was the promised land. The promised land, don't go to the promised land if God doesn't go with you. That's how powerful that was, and sometimes we don't realize that, but listen. The presence of God is more important than the goals that you want to achieve. And until you understand that, you will struggle. When you understand that, you will actually find it is easy. Or easier, should I say. (laughs) Because God's presence changes everything. If you read the lives of the saints and you read history, you will find the great Christians down through hundreds of years often had times when they struggled. You know, anybody heard of the dark night of the soul? Not many, one or two. And the dark night of the soul is the times that great Christians couldn't feel God's presence. They were going through terrible and dark and black times. But when God's presence came, the dark night of the soul became the morning of happiness. And we need to talk about what that means. But first of all, there's something important going to happen. Because some people who know Jesus are going to talk to us on this video. I live in a relationship with God as I read my Bible. I pray every night with my parents and I tell my friends about God. Isla, how are you a friend with Jesus? Because I like talking to my mum and dad about God. Well, I've heard a lot of stories about God and sometimes I hear I've been hearing like God and tell me things that tell me things that I shouldn't know and like that my um auntie was having a baby boy and that um of uh, my sister would um Evie would be a girl and like and being a Christian isn't just about following rules and like making rules and stuff. It's about having a relationship with God and like having spending time with him. Why do you like Jesus? Because he's so nice to me. And is he around? Yep, everywhere. To protect everyone. Why do you like Jesus as your friend? Um, Because he made me and he loves me lots and lots. And how do you keep up with being friends with Jesus? By being happy. So Elise, how are you a friend with Jesus? I pray and I read my Bible 
And in my Bible, I have a page that um, says, Get to know Jesus, and it has questions. How do you know that Jesus is always with you? Um, the Bible tells me, and when at night time when I'm scared, he um, keeps me safe. So, Kenan, what does being a Christian look like? Being a Christian looks like showing the Bible through your actions. I like Jesus because he's always around for you to talk to him if you're worried. And what special giftings has Jesus given you? The ability to love him and pray for him every day. How can you get closer to Jesus? How do you think you can? By reading your Bible more and connect and knowing what happened in the past with him and connecting with him more. How do you grow in relationship with God? You can read the Bible and pray and you can sing to him. Well, <laughs> let's give those kids a hand, eh? <laughs> My mum said, Christianity is so simple that a kid can get it. It's so profound that no matter how clever you are, you will not fully understand it. The presence of God is simple. I want to think a little bit about a famous Christian. I read a a thing a while ago about Mother Teresa. And she said, before I get out of bed each morning, I say, good morning, Jesus. And I read this article, and this this person said, I I heard about this and I started doing it. And they, they said, life had been pretty rough. And the first morning I did it, I said, good morning, Jesus, before I got out of bed. And I smiled when I got out of bed. Because I knew I was in God's presence. The next morning I smiled some more. And by the end of the week I was laughing when I got out of bed. I was so happy. Because I was walking with Jesus. It's so easy to make the decision to start the day with him. You don't have to be good at praying. You just have to say good morning Jesus. Now I do this. And this morning I was sort of half dreaming. Do you, do you ever half dream when you wake up? Yeah, I do. <laughs> and I was dreaming, I was dreaming about the aftermath of a war when all the people had been killed and we had to actually re-establish society. And I was going through and my mind was beginning to race and I was thinking about all the things that had to be done about farming and about industry. And I was woken up and I thought, I haven't said good morning to Jesus And I suddenly realized how stupid and how futile all my clever thoughts were. And how my dreams meant nothing compared with Jesus. So I said, Lord, I've gone off on a tangent. Good morning, Jesus. Let's start again. (laughs) And off we went. (laughs) And I'm so pleased. And, And the peace that I get... Through saying good morning, Jesus, each morning. 
starting the day so simply with him has made a huge difference in my life. Now, before I go any further, I need the other microphone and Dean and Amy. Here we are. Come on up. (laughs) When we go to prayer meeting at the hub, there are two people that often I find pray the most wonderful prayers. And here they are. (laughs) And uh, that's why I've chosen them. So I'm going to do to you what Kendall did for the kids. (laughs) So Jesus... How, how, do you, how does your relationship with Jesus, how, do, how does it work? Tell me about it. <laughs> doesn't, hurt to be, doesn't hurt to be scared. Um, routine for me is, routine is actually where I start. You start with routine. Because it's a part of the everyday. If I wake up, the first thing I do is... The good morning, Jesus, but I don't do it like that. <laughs> it doesn't matter how you do it. Because I need tea first, and then I can function. <laughs> that's, um, that's good. You need tea first. Yeah. I understand Tea that. and Jesus. Can't go wrong. Um, but yeah, it's, it's got to be a routine for me, so yeah. it's first. Um, Dean. Uh, so for me, I try and spend as much time as I can with him, um, and that's I find the best time I have is driving to work and back. Um, have 30 minutes sometimes yeah. each way, um, which is good. So listen to worship, praise. Um, I think people driving past sometimes think I'm a bit nuts. Or hopefully they think I'm talking on a hands-free kit or something. Um, <laughs> um, try and talk to him as much as I can yeah. in everything that I do. Yeah. Yeah. And the next question, because you see, when you're married, um, marriage has its ups and downs, doesn't it? So how does Jesus... That's great. (laughs) I love that. So how does the Lord affect your marriage? The presence of Jesus affect your marriage? Um, I think it's good because we... Originally we didn't do much around that. But in the last few years we've spent a lot of time putting him in the centre of everything we do. So we'll go through and we'll... Whatever decisions we make, wherever we're going, whatever we're doing, we pray about it first and we put him in the centre of everything. Yes. Um, every day we, Amy puts on worship music and he's constantly in the house praying while worshipping music in the background. Um, we have daily devotions with the kids in the mornings. So we try and keep him as centre of our life as we can. Um, Amy? Yeah, I second that. I think um, the biggest thing for us is um, the big decision stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, that it's not just um, in the little things but also in the big things too. Um, but for us, I think it's creating the mood. Um, Dean talked about that, you know, worship and that. And it's not just, oh, I like that song, I want to hear it. It's just that hot attitude that you're constantly in the presence. It's not like, okay, now I'm going to step in there. It's actually, you're always there. But it's keeping that. That's brilliant. Yeah. It's absolutely brilliant. Look, thank you very much. You can give that back to Dre now. <laughs> The problem that a lot of us have is that I've given us good examples now, but there's something else that goes on. I'm aware that a lot of people in life have real problems 
with stuff that gets in the road of having a good relationship with Jesus. And that's the reason why I've got this Zacchaeus, because he went into Jer- Jesus went into Jericho, and as he was passing through, there was a chief tax collector called Zacchaeus who was rich, and he was trying to see who Jesus was, but he was a little man and couldn't see Jesus because of the crowd, so he ran ahead, and he climbed a sycamore tree to see Jesus, who was going to pass that way. When Jesus came to that place, he looked up and said to Zacchaeus, Hurry down, Zacchaeus, because I must stay in your house today. And Zacchaeus hurried down and welcomed him with great joy. Now, I think a lot of us are a bit like Zacchaeus. Um, I know enough about the mistakes I've made in my life to know that there's been times when I've hidden stuff from other people. Don't put your hands up if you've been like it. I don't want to know. I know that the stuff that sometimes gets in the road. And, and when I was a pastor, there were times that I got so busy that I left Jesus out. And that actually is a something that pastors can very easily do. Do you understand that? Now, you might have troubles at work and you leave Jesus out. You might have troubles in your marriage and you leave Jesus out. You might have troubles with your kids and you leave Jesus out. You're being like Zacchaeus. You want to have Jesus in, but you don't know how to share the problem. Now, I'm not going to ask anybody to put up their hands because truth is that there should be Lots of hands going up. I know human beings well enough to know that. And Jesus says, I have come to seek and to save those who are lost, including people who already know me and have got stuff they haven't dealt with. And I've come to help the people who don't know me to find me just like Zacchaeus found me. Now, the hiding places that we have are a bit like this. That, I've seen this tree. Um, This tree is a 2,000-year-old sycamore tree. It's more than 2,000 years old. It was there when Jesus was there. And do you know where it is? It's right in the center square of Jericho. There is a good chance (laughs) that this is the very tree that Zacchaeus climbed. That's why I put it here. When I was a kid, we had a sycamore tree. And our sycamore tree, there were, there were power lines about 8 or 10 metres above, and they always cut where the sycamore tree was. So there was a branch that went right out over the road. And as kids, we found that we could hide and we could go right over people who were walking by, over the top of them. I won't tell you what we did. <laughs> but they couldn't see us, but we could see them. That's the Zacchaeus thing that we do. We hide 
from Jesus. But Jesus knows where we're hiding. There is no hiding place from God. And Jesus does not say to you, Warren Hodge, I see the bad thoughts that you are having and I want to punish you. He says, Warren Hodge, come and be with me. And he says it to you. Come and live in my presence. Because living in my presence is the best way of all. Now, one of the things that really helped me, and again it was something from my mum. My mum said to me when I was a teenager, you need to read this book. It's called The Practice of the Presence of God. It's the story of how Brother Lawrence, he was born in 1660-something, right? And he, well, I'll read a little bit about it. The first time I saw Brother Lawrence, this is uh, some great French count, and he said it was the 3rd of August, 1666. He told me that God had done him a singular favour in his conversion at the age of 18. So I want to say that the first thing, that the testimony of all Christians is this. You've got to be introduced to Jesus to learn to know his presence. Now I've asked Dre, who's going to wrap this up later on, to talk about how it is. So that if you don't know, if you haven't actually met Jesus, that you can meet him. And then he said... He went into this monastery because he felt he was so bad that God should punish him. So he said, I wanted God to punish me. And he said, but I got into the monastery and when I started praying and found the presence of God, he said, I found exactly the opposite. That God would bless me all the time because I was in his presence. And God didn't punish me. That God is a God who loves And wants to bless us. And he wants to give us his presence. Which will give us a happiness and a peace. Which you can't explain. And then Brother Lawrence learnt something else. When he would do something. And he would do something really good. And really bless somebody. He would say Lord. Thank you for that. Because without you I could never have done it. And when he sinned. He would say to God, well, this is my sin. Without you, I'd always be like this. And then, do you know what he did? He forgot about it completely. Because the Bible tells us that God remembers our sins no more. Now, that book was so important probably in my life and helping me getting from the stage of doing stuff myself and to actually letting God do stuff through me that I'm recommending it to you. And it's available as a downloadable PDF file online. So you can get it, you can read it, and it's a very short book. And a lot of it is repetitive, but it's all about the presence of God. And it's something that is critically important. What do we take out of this? We take out of this one thing. The Lord 
wants you to be happy. The Lord wants you to have peace. And you will only get it by walking in his presence. I'm going to hand over to Dre and he's actually going to talk to us about what we should do. Because I believe there are certain things that we should do. I believe there are some of us who actually need to come to a place where we recognise that we've been trying to live a Christian life in our own strength. And we haven't lived it in Jesus' presence. I believe that some of us don't know Jesus. So I'm going to hand over to the boss. Yes, the boss. Awesome. Hey, can I have the musicians up? It's all right, not necessarily the worship singers, but just the musicians. That'd be great. The presence of God. You know, when we were talking about these columns, we knew immediately that that was our first column. That we don't want to do anything if it's not God-centered, if it's not God in the middle of it. And uh, I was just reflecting on this testimony idea that, you know, you can be impacted by the presence of God and it changes your life forever. Uh, What's interesting as well is, in some cases, you're actually impacted initially by the presence of people who are fully developed and immersed in the presence of God as well. For me, I, I came to faith through people that loved Jesus initially, and then I grew in my relationship with God, and it was pretty awesome. Can we stand to our feet? Actually... No, don't do that. Don't stand. Sorry. I had this picture in my mind. Would you bow your heads for me, please, and close your eyes? And yet there's kids in the background and babies, and that's fine. But just try and be still for a second. Be still. And think about Jesus. Try and picture his face. Push away the thoughts that are not helpful. Don't worry about dinner tonight. Just think of Jesus. And then I want you to think on the things that he has done for you. The big things. Giving you forgiveness. Salvation. Redemption. Family. I want you to imagine sitting the way you are now, but with your eyes closed, in front of you is Jesus sitting on a chair, leaning forward, looking at you. What would that feel like? Hold your 
Holy Spirit, you're welcome in this place. Holy Spirit, we we invite you to commune with us. I pray that there would be even a physical feeling of closeness, of presence with God. And while you're just telling God that you love Him, while you're being open to to feeling Him speak to you, maybe you feel an emotion. I want to talk to those right now who have no idea what we're talking about. I have been where you are. And many, all of us here in many ways have been where you are. You don't know this presence of God thing. But fundamentally, as Christians, we believe that God is not just a character in a book, but the one true living God that so loves you that He sent His Son that would die for you so that you would be in relationship with Him and that you would have everlasting life. John 3.16 Abridged. So with your heads bowed and your eyes closed, if you're here this morning and you... You're thinking, I don't know, I've tried all this other stuff and I've done this. And, and you know, if this God thing, you know, I'm willing to give it a go. What's the worst that could happen? God is stretching out his hand towards you. He always has been and he wants to connect with you this morning. You might be feeling something right now. So I just want to give you the opportunity because it's important as a family that we can help you, we can talk to you, we can pray for you, we can help you on your journey. So if that's you this morning while everyone's got their heads bowed and their eyes closed, no one's looking, could you raise your hand just for me? I'm the only one who can see, but I'm half blind, so you're going to have to wave that hand. It's great. Awesome. So good. I see those hands. Thank you. Thank you. Is there anyone else? Is, there, is, is, is God speaking to you? I don't want to move too quickly. Great. Oh, so good. Praise Jesus. That's so good. I see that hand. I see those hands. That's great. Thank you. Hey, if you are just like, man, I, I want to be in God's presence again. I once was. And I just need, I need something. I, I, I don't know what it is. I, I, I've been hiding how I have been feeling. I have been hiding how I've been feeling. I've been turning up, but I'm feeling disconnected. If I'm feeling that disconnected, that's great. Would you raise your hand? Awesome. So good. Great. Cool. For some of you, I I see like a beautiful goblet in front of you. And there's a scripture that says, taste and see that I am good. Do something. Immerse yourself in it. Let it in. And there's a a, a blocked door. So I want to pray for those people. Lord, I pray against fear 
Lord, I pray that they would, that you would understand that God wants to live in you, with you, for you. So as you immerse, as you take that drink, have faith that he is for you, not against you. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, we thank you for your presence. And the most amazing thing is that your presence is everywhere. It isn't here on a Sunday any more than it is in your car driving to work. Your presence is where we reach out and we connect with you. Father, we want to be a movement of people that value God's presence. We want to be a movement of people that don't look like we're just doing it because we're doing it. That goes against our authenticity. We want to value your presence, God. We want to make space for people to meet you, Jesus. Not just here on a Sunday, but in our lives. Lord, I pray for everyone here today. Lord, I pray that they would feel your presence, that we would value your presence in your mighty name. Amen.